All right, here we go. We are just about to get started here on this next podcast. And before we do it, I want to actually share a story. And I'm going to share a quick four-minute clip about one of the success stories that have come through our program. And it's just an amazing story. It's about this guy named Rudy. He's 82 years old. He has kept about 100 pounds off for a year and a half as of recording this. And the reason that I want to play this is because it's more proof of what we've been doing all these years, like teaching people that you really can eat what you want and you just need to get a little control over it. But the thing is you really can eat what you want and you can lose the weight. You can eat really stupid foods or you can eat healthy foods. Now, of course, I want you to eat healthy foods. I get bashed about this sometimes. And the truth is I don't want people to eat junk food. But the fact is we're going to eat it sometimes. And so since we're going to eat it, and some things are just the way that they are, the trick is to learn to get control of it either way. And, and you can hear more about this at the last half of episode three of the podcast. But anyhow, let me tell you about Rudy before we get into this clip, because it when you listen to him, you're going to be cracking up. He is such a great guy. When Rudy came in, he showed up at our office and he walked in because he had been researching a program that had a similar name to my program. So Rudy came in because he was on the web and he was searching that other diet and he was reading about what they're doing, but he thought that they were us. And so he came in thinking that he was going to have to jump through all these crazy hoops and do all this stuff that they say, which most of it makes no sense at all. And he came in with all these printouts and this data and all of his research. And he said, you know, I came in here because I've tried a bunch of diets and I've never really had like any long-term luck. But I was reading this, and I saw it was local, so I thought I'd at least come in to check it out, because he, he lives here in town where I live. And so he showed me the printout, and right away I said, hey, Rudy, you know, I, I have bad news for you, and the news is that what, what you've brought in here, that actually isn't us. There's another company that actually, that they started in another country, actually, that um, named their company the same name as ours. Unfortunately, it is what it is. We've tried to do something about it, but there's not a whole lot that we can and I said, but let me show you a little bit what we do compared to the, what they do. Because, you know, he was really confused about what they were offering. And so anyhow, I, I showed him what we do. And I said, look, you can eat the foods that you want to eat. And you just need to get a little control over it. And you do a little exercise, but you don't go crazy on it. Uh, there's this accountability piece that we add that causes you to actually do these things long enough so that you get good at it. And I explained it to him. I said, look, and we don't sell you a bunch of stuff, and there's not a bunch of gimmicks and gadgets and everything. And he looked at it as we were talking, and he said, to be quite honest with you, your program makes more sense than what I was researching on this other program that I thought I was coming here in here to look at. And so he started right then. And now it's been, he lost 100 pounds in nine months, and then he has maintained that loss, that 100 pounds loss, at 82 years old. He's maintained it for a year and a half. It's just an incredible story because he's such a great guy and he came in here thinking he was coming to a different program. And once he saw ours, he said, well, that's what really makes sense. So as we were talking about the foods that he could eat, one of the things that he was really concerned about is he liked to drink wine, which you will hear in this podcast. You'll hear him talking about the wine when I play his clip. And I told him, I said, Rudy, there's a lot of people that like to drink wine and beer. I mean, that is the way a lot of people live. And so our program is not necessarily built around taking that away from you. It's just learning to be in control of that with whatever else you're doing through the day so that you still lose your weight 
and learn to maintain anyhow. In the recording, you'll hear him talking about how recently he's not eating as well as he used to, but Rudy comes in here pretty much once a week, and I will tell you this. The food choices that he was making at the beginning compared to what he's making right now, they are substantially better. I mean, probably by two or 300%. He used to eat a lot of beef, and then he switched to bison because it was, it was a leaner meat, and there's all these different foods that he eats better with, um, and certainly eats a lot less of it, and is in control of it, but he did that by choice because I told him you can eat whatever you want, which you're going to hear here. Another thing I wanted to mention, his calorie maximum was 1,600. Just so you know, that varies quite a bit depending on if you're 82 or you're 25, whether you're a man, you're a woman, and so forth. So don't pay too much attention to that number. Unless, of course, you happen to be his exact weight and his age, then that number probably does make sense. And finally, before you get to hear this inspiring story from Rudy, and it's fun, it's fun to listen to him, you'll see. You know, Rudy goes into his doctor, has a good relationship with his doctor because he wants to live a long time. His doctor says, Rudy, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it because whatever you're doing is right. And so let's get to the story of Rudy maintaining 100 pounds for a year and a half. Here he is. All right, we're at the Fast Die morning. We're at the Fast Die weigh-in right now with Rudy. And Rudy has kind of an interesting story. But the reason that I wanted to interview Rudy for this is not as he lost, not only has he lost a bunch of weight, a little older than most people in the program, but also what he eats is incredible. And so, Rudy, first of all, just tell people how much have you lost? Well, I've lost 100 pounds. But on my diet, when I started, you put me on, you put me on 1,600 calories and 1,600 calories is a lot of food, but I'm kind of a wino. I like to drink wine, so every night I drink a bottle of wine. A self-proclaimed wino. Very nice. All right. And now a, You're fine. a You're bottle fine. of wine is uh, 600 calories, so that cut my food consumption down to 1,000 calories. But it was worth it. I like the wine. And, and See you, you later. Can do, you can do most anything you want as long as you just work at it. And so I'm still drinking wine. I've been... I'm in the uh, 220th day of my second year on the program, and I still enjoy that bottle of wine every night. And so you've maintained the weight. You're into the second year, and so you've maintained for more than a year and a half. Oh, yes, yes. 100 pounds lost at 82 years old, and you drink at least a bottle of wine every single day. Uh, yes, I do. Now, I've seen your wine cellar because I was at your house, and in your wine cellar, I saw how much wine that you have. Do you think there's any chance you're ever going to finish all that? Well, I'm going to work at it. You got to work at everything. <laughs> you got to have goals, right? Right. I, my favorite wine is a Greg Norman Cabernet, and it's it's a it's a not an expensive wine. I've got some real expensive wines, but I drink that Greg Norman Cabernet by the case, and I buy seven cases at a time from the bar next door to my living quarters. Wow. Well, I, I, I got to tell you what. I mean, one of the things, whenever anybody starts our program, a lot of times they don't believe that you actually can eat the foods that you want and still lose weight. And, you know, when you came in, your story was kind of interesting because you came in here on, like you came in here thinking that this was a different diet. And then when you saw how this worked, you thought, well, maybe I'll do this. And now it's been more than a year and a half that you've maintained your weight, eating the foods you want. At the beginning of this, did I ever tell you you cannot drink wine? No, no. That was absolutely never, never, you, as long as I could account for it, put the numbers on it, I could eat it or drink it. And so that's what we did. Yep. And morning. And, and even though... Um, 
you do drink that wine, would you say, because a lot of times people will make healthier choices as they, as they go, as they lose weight, would you say that your food choices have become better or worse outside of the wine? Well, I, I'm on a bad kick right now. I, I, we talked earlier about my salsa. It's okay. I make a salsa, a very hot salsa, and if you're going to eat salsa, you got to put it on chips. And so I take tortilla chips, tortillas, cut them into ace and fry them and put that salsa on those chips. And that's, uh, that's a lot of calories in those chips when you eat like uh, 600 calories worth of chips in one sitting. You know, and yet, even though you've made this transition because you want to eat chips in this super insane hot salsa that's so hot that Ed can't even eat it. Ed can eat anything. Ed can light a match and eat a match. Like he is, just can eat anything hot and he can't eat your salsa. You still are maintaining your weight successfully week after week, month after month at 82 years old, right? Yes. More proof, guys. You really can eat the foods you want. You just have to get control over it. All right. Hey, Rudy, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. And there you go. Now you have met Rudy. He is such an interesting guy. It is so inspiring to see you know, how hard he works and what he's willing to do to make his life better at this age in his 80s. It's incredible. Uh, I'm going to actually tell you what exercises Rudy does because he's 82. I mean, his body is not in the shape that it was, you know, when he was 18 or 19 or 25 or 30 years old. And he had some serious obstacles to overcome to be able to exercise at all. And so I'm going to tell you exactly what he does in a moment here. But before I do that, I need to throw in a disclaimer about exercise. There's a reason that every article, every advertisement, every diet program, anybody, even a hospital will say, before you start exercising, you need to consult with your physician to make sure that you're healthy enough to exercise. And years ago, I was reading uh, this article from the 70s, and it was by a well-known doctor at the time. And, and the whole concept of that, that you should ask your doctor if you're healthy enough to exercise, it was something that he didn't totally agree with. And the reason that he didn't agree with that was because he did the math. And you need to know that if you start exercising, there's a chance that you could start exercising and you just die. You just fall dead right there on the spot. In fact, every year, watch the news. Once it snows, if you live somewhere where there's snow, you'll hear in the news about somebody that goes outside and starts exercising and because their heart rate was elevated and they weren't ready for it, and some of them were, they just die because uh, shoveling any like heavy snow can be difficult. However, and this is what that doctor said in that article, in that study that he did. He said, yeah, there's a handful of people. There's some outliers of people that start exercising and they die. And you could be one of those people. But the hundreds of thousands of millions of people that die of heart disease and, and get all these chronic diseases, diseases that they maybe could have prevented because they didn't exercise, is gigantic. And so, I, like everybody else, would recommend that you talk to your doctor before you exercise, especially if you're going to exercise vigorously, which is great for you. And you do need to understand there's a, there is a potential consequence there, but it is very, very likely that the consequences of not exercising are even greater. In that article, that doctor said, and I'll never forget this statement because it was, it was just brilliant. He said, what probably makes more sense is that if you're not going to exercise, that you should get approval from your doctor 
to see if you're healthy enough not to exercise. All right, let's get back to it. So let's talk about Rudy's exercise. So when we started, Rudy came in, he was all bent over, his back was all messed up, he could barely walk with this cane. And I said, Rudy, this is no problem. We know how to solve this. And we went through this checklist like we always do with people in our program to come up with the exercises that would work for him. And the one that we came up with, because he had a rowing machine, and maybe he didn't, maybe he actually bought it. I can't remember which one it was. But he, he had a rowing machine or he bought one, but his legs were shot. So he really couldn't put his feet up there and push with that. And so instead what he did is he bought his rowing machine, he sat down, and all he did for his exercise was pull on the rowing machine. That was all of his exercise. Rudy, of course, understanding, because he's, he was, he's on our program, uh, how improvement is so important, graphed everything. It was incredible. So he would come in, and still does, to the weigh-ins now, and he has these printouts, and he can go back to the day that he started exercising and see in 30 minutes how, uh, at, what, at what resistance he was able to work out that rowing machine, how many meters he would go, how many pulls it would do. Like he would track all that information and then when he would exercise the next time, he would try to improve any of those measurements. Uh, which is actually how on our, our, on our program, the way that it works. And I encourage you that when you do start exercising, that that's where you place your priority. What you're looking for is you're looking to find something that has some measurable improvement. Some way to do a little bit more intensity this time than you did last time. Because that's how your body changes. That's how you get better. But hey, this podcast is about the reason that you don't like exercise, right? It's going to show you how to actually, not necessarily how to like exercise, but it's going to solve that problem. If you're not a person who loves exercise, it's okay. If you think you don't have time for exercise, you're going to find out these two problems have a lot in common with one another. And as we go through this, I'm going to show you how to solve both of them. First of all, when it comes to you not liking exercise, if we're going to be completely honest, it probably doesn't matter that you like exercise. There's a lot of things in our life that we do that we don't like them. And an example of that would be is if you have kids like when you go to take care of your kids and your kid has a dirty diaper, you don't set the kid on the table and think, oh my gosh, this is great. I can't wait to change this diaper. And then you open it up and that thing looks apocalyptic and you're thinking, this is great. I love changing diapers. You don't change diapers because it's fun. You change diapers because it's fabulous when your, your kid's room doesn't smell like a garbage dump. When it comes to balancing your checkbook, and you know we do most of this online right now, but whether you're doing it online or you're doing it on paper checks right now, whichever it is, you don't sit down and figure your finances out because it's great. Even if you have piles of money, nobody sits there and counts it and just thinks this is the greatest day of my life. You do it because it makes your life better when you know how much is in one account so that when you send money to somebody, a check doesn't bounce or you find out you know, that the money wasn't there when you needed it. You don't take out the trash because it's fun. You take out the trash because if you don't take the trash out, then it piles up in your house and you have rats in your house and you have cockroaches in your house and your life is worse. There are certain things in your life that you do that you do them not because you want to do them or because you love to do them or because they're fun. You do them because they're a tiny hassle now that makes the rest of your life better. But you need to really let this settle in your head. 
it's okay if you don't love exercise. But if you want to be healthy and happy and in control of your life and be fit and thin and not diet for the rest of your life, you do have to get to a point where you understand that exercise is part of living a healthy, happy life. And speaking of that, what does a healthy, happy life mean? Well, fortunately, because of the internet or any book that you could check out from a library or read, it's very easy to figure out exactly why you're exercising to begin with. And what I'm going to do right now, and you can look these things up. You can go to any article written by Johns Hopkins Magazine or uh, John Hopkins, written by John, Johns Hopkins Hospital. WebMD um, is a, has a lot of good information. I love reading a lot of the things that the Mayo Clinic puts out. If you go to any of these, you'll find all kinds of lists about why exercise is important. One of them is, is that exercise makes you happy. Now thinking that you have to exercise and knowing that it's part of your life and you're not doing right now isn't what makes you happy. But I promise you, and I know this from 14 years of doing this, with all these people, men and women of every age group, the people that exercise consistently, they don't love it at first. And there are people that come in here that they are just like, they're so negative. They have such a bad attitude. Like the first day they start our program, like we can barely even stand to be around them. And by the time they get to the end, it's like they're a totally different person. If you're not happy in your life right now, it could be because everything is broken and you have no money and your relationships are awful and everything is terrible. But I'll, I promise you this, no matter how good or bad those things are, no matter how little money you have or you just have so much of it, like you couldn't possibly count it all. When you exercise, your mood is going to be elevated. You're going to feel better. The world is overwhelmed with stress. People think that every second of every day of their life is stressed and we've completely lost perspective because the reality is, especially in America specifically, even if your life is difficult, it's nothing compared to somebody living in North Korea or somebody living, living in the middle of Africa or living in these countries that are in the middle of civil wars. Somehow we lose perspective though and don't realize how good we have it. And we take whatever problem we have and we say, my life is so stressful. Well, maybe your life is, maybe it isn't, but I will tell you this, if you're exercising consistently, you're going to see that your stress level will improve. Another thing that you're gonna benefit from when it comes to exercise is if you have anxiety. There are people that will come into uh, our office and they'll walk in the first day and they can't even make eye contact everything scares them. They're nervous. They have anxiety about everything. When you exercise consistently, it doesn't necessarily make that go away if you're a high anxiety person, but it becomes manageable because you feel better. Now you're, you're going to hear when you read any article that exercise helps with weight loss. And the concept of you thinking that exercise helps with weight loss is actually part of the problem. Here's the issue. When you are losing your weight, Exercise is probably 10% of you losing your weight, and food is probably 90%. See, if you don't get the food right, if you don't get the math right, where you're eating less calories than you need, what will happen is, is that you can exercise until you're, you're red in the face and, and, and you're dizzy. And what you'll find is, is if the food's not right, you'll just eat to compensate for that extra, extra exercise. 
So yeah, exercise is great for weight loss. It certainly is, it's important, but it has its biggest impact once you get the food right. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit more. So it's a little misleading. It does help with your exercise, but if you don't have the food right, it actually doesn't. In fact, you could be exercising two, three hours a day. Think about this. But if you're exercising two or three hours a day and you're burning 2,000 calories a day, but you're eating 6,500 calories a day, well then all of a sudden it doesn't help with weight loss anymore. The food has to be right. So it can help with your weight loss, but only if the food is right. More of the things you'll find on these lists. Strengthening your muscles and bones. No question about it, when you exercise, you're going to strengthen your muscles. Not exactly the way that you think, and we'll cover that in a moment. But it's not just about burning calories or doing something, it's about challenging yourself. Your body wants that, your body needs that. Your body becomes more able to deal with stress and pain and injury, all of these things when you challenge yourself. So yes, strengthens your muscles and your bones and definitely increases your stamina and increases your energy level. Exercise reduces your risk of chronic diseases, like definitely reduces your risks. There's all kinds of studies on cancer. Now, I know that as I'm going through a couple things on this list, this is a list that you could look up anywhere, but just bear with me. I want you to see this all in one place and it'll make more sense in a moment. Exercise increases brain function and memory. A good portion of this is because of the extra blood flow because exercise improves your circulation. Exercise improves your sleep. I mean, how so many people come in here and they say, oh, I just can't sleep at night. And then once they start our program and they start losing weight, it's not long before they say, I used to sleep terribly at night, snore terribly at night. And, you know, I'd wake up and I was always, you know, I had no energy. And once they start exercising consistently, the sleep becomes manageable. Exercise can reduce inflammation, which is the cause of so many of the issues that we have. And just to give you an example of this, if you have some inflammation, for example, in between one of your joints because you know, you're not using it the way that it should be used, well, in a way, lack of exercise, the way that it looks on your body, maybe even in your joints, kind of looks like rust. You know, when a machine isn't worked properly, it rusts. Imagine rust being like inflammation. When you get inflammation in one of your joints, what happens is these in inflamed cells, it can wear down the cushion between your joints. And if you're one of these people that has worn down your cartilage over the years, you will see that it is not a comfortable feeling. And so exercise reduces that. It boosts your immunity. Remember, if you're strengthening your body and challenging your body and actually pushing yourself, your body has to learn how to deal with that. And so people that exercise more consistently are often less sick. Almost, I don't know how many people come through our program and they're taking all these pills. There's this guy uh, and he's um, in maintain. And he said when he started the program, he was taking five pills every single day. And now here he is, and he's in his 70s, and he is, he doesn't take any pills anymore. It's wonderful. Exercise reduces pain. So many people will come in here, and their backs hurt, and their knees hurt, and their hips hurt, and they have all these issues. Well, when you exercise consistently, you start to knock off some of that rust. What happens is your body starts working like it should work. And you may be in your 20s or 30s, or you may be 60, 70, or 80, 
And you'll find that once you start moving consistently, making exercise, you know, 30 minutes of real exercise every single day, you'll find that a lot of that pain is not only caused by the extra fat that you're carrying everywhere you go, but there's a lot of that that's caused just because you're not moving. Once you start moving and pushing yourself, your body starts to become efficient in those movements and you have to deal with less pain. Exercise helps with digestion. If you're looking to get your freak on, exercise helps with that. Who doesn't want to have a better experience there? It strengthens your heart. When you exercise consistently, what happens is because your heart is getting stronger, it has to beat less to send more blood. So now you've got a lower heart rate and your heart is more efficient where it can send more blood out at one time. Exercise also helps prevent what they call the silent killer, which is high blood pressure. There's an easy answer to blood pressure, even if you have a problem with it, because after so many years, they've proven that the blood pressure medicine that you can take doesn't have any really huge long-term consequences. But if you can control it without taking pills, I mean, that's fabulous. This is a big one. Exercise can stop or slow the development of diabetes. Now, if, you're, if you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, you know how serious that is. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, type 1 is one that you can't fix it. If you have it, you have it. But type 2, so many times, is caused because a person is not exercising the way that they should. And over the years, like, I don't know, I, I don't even know how many people have come into my office or started this program across the country because we do this nationwide. And they start and they say, I'm a type 2 di diabetic. And then once they start losing some weight and start exercising consistently, they get a report back from the doctor that says, hey, good news. You don't have to take medication anymore because your diabetes is resolved. My dad had that problem when we started this and saw those same results. I can't even count how many times we've seen that. Diabetes is a scary thing. And then exercise increases the odds of you living longer and living better. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. When you are exercising consistently, however long you live, whether it's a day or 10 days or a year, those years are going to be better. When you get into later on into your 60s, 70s, and 80s, if you're nowhere near that right now, I promise you that you're going to wish that you could go to the grocery store on your own and you could carry a basket of laundry on your own. And if you wanted to go climb on a jungle gym with one of your grandkids, you could. Exercising right now, even if you don't love it, it doesn't matter. Because when you exercise right now, what you're doing is you're paying to live a better life today. You're making the payment to live a better life tomorrow and you're setting the stage so that when you're older, that you look back and instead of regretting that you could have taken action, you have. That's why it doesn't matter if you like exercise. There's no trick to it. There's no way to get around it. If you want to feel good today, tomorrow, the next day, and all the days down the road right up to your last day, it has to be a part of your routine. If you don't have time, something else has to wait. It's a part of living better. But here's the linchpin of the whole thing. You're listening to this podcast probably because you'd like to lose some weight. You'd like to learn to think a little bit differently. This podcast is about losing weight. It's really not about maintain. And I said just a minute ago that when it comes to losing weight, exercise is maybe 
only 10% of losing weight. Food is 90%. When it comes to maintaining your weight though, exercise plays a huge role. In fact, I would say if I was going to split it up, I would say that when it comes to maintaining your weight, that maintaining is 60% food and 40% exercise. It's almost half. So not only do you need to get over this fact that maybe you don't love exercise or you don't have time or you don't want to, not only do you have to get over all that for all those reasons that I've listed, but also because after you've done all this work and you've changed your routine and you've got control of your food and your life is better and you're thin and all your clothes fit, if you haven't been exercising consistently and learned to make that part of your life, all that work doesn't matter because nearly everybody gains their weight back because exercise is probably 40% of keeping it off. So you're doing it for today, you're doing it for tomorrow, you're doing it to prevent and benefit from everything I put on that list, but you're also doing it so that when this work is done, when you've done the work and you've reached your goal, you've developed the skills so that you can actually keep the weight off. Now you're probably saying, well, you know, I don't really have time to exercise. Tony, you don't understand how busy I am. I want you to think about that for a minute. Because when you say, I don't have time to exercise, what you're really saying is, I don't have time for the things on that list. All those things I just listed. You're saying, I don't have time for that stuff. I don't have time to prevent high blood pressure. I don't have time to sleep better. I don't have time to not have to deal with inflammation and stress. And I don't have time to be happy. See, when you're saying, I don't have time for exercise, you're saying, I don't have time to be happy. But let's get past the doom and the gloom for a minute. Exercise doesn't have to be agony. Here's the, here's the big secret about exercise. It only stinks for a little bit. If you don't love it, and you don't want to do it, and you feel like you don't have time, I'm, I'm telling you, it's only awful for a while. It always takes time, so that's a little bit of a hassle if you're busy, which most people are. But it doesn't have to be agony. In fact, what you'll find is that as you get good at it and it becomes part of your routine, like it's not this terrible thing that you have to work through. In fact, I have so many like really good memories of exercising with Logan and with friends. One of my favorite memories exercising with Logan when he was a little boy is we went on this bike ride and it was on, the bike ride was, it was probably about 10 miles. Well, when we were riding and I, I wrote something on this years ago, Logan, was looking into the sky and said, Daddy, I love the lines. And I was looking around, I didn't know what he was talking about. And what he was talking about is that he loved it when we would ride, that he would see the lines on the horizon and the different colors. And I, I just remember him being a little boy saying that. Now, the kid is strong. Like he can probably do 30 pull-ups right now. I know, I've seen him do 20 several times. He's on the swim team at the school and you know, he gets, he's, gets so excited about beating his records. Well, all of that happened because of some of those things that we did when he was younger. Exercise doesn't have to be agony. You could get involved in different races. I've done Trek the Tower here in Omaha, I don't even know how many times, where you climb up the top of a skyscraper. Uh, one of the, one of, probably one of my favorite exercise memories is when I did the Tough Mudder race, which was in Chicago, and it was uh, like 11 miles. It was grueling, Ter I mean, just, awful and I just look back and it was such a great experience because it feels good to challenge yourself so even when it's agony it's not always agony and 
it doesn't always have to be difficult. Exercise is certainly something that you'll find that as you get good at it, it's really easy to get your family members involved with you. If you go to one of your family members and say, hey, I'm going to go for a walk today. You want to go with me or I'm going for a walk on Thursday? Most people, since pretty much everybody's overweight or obese, are looking for somebody to grab them and say, come with me. That can be something that you do with a, a friend or a person that you care about. Something that you look back at years from now and say, remember when we went on those walks? I mean, that really happens. So those are some ideas. But now I'm going to take your excuse away from you. Because you're certainly thinking right now, yeah, that's all great, but Tony, I don't have time to exercise. And the truth is, this has nothing to do with time. The reason that you don't have time to exercise and the reason that you don't like it has nothing to do with either of those reasons. The reason you feel that way is just because you're not good at it. See, once you get good at it, it just becomes who you are. Once you get good at it, you wouldn't even consider exor missing exercise. Once you get good at it, you realize that exercise doesn't take away time. It adds time to your day. See, when you sleep better and feel better and at the doctor less and have energy, you get more done. Exercise may take 30 minutes a day to really go after it, but it gives you hours a day. But you don't see it until you do it. You don't feel it until you make it part of your life, which means you have to get through the first part of doing it when you don't like it. And then once it becomes part of your routine, it just becomes normal and you stop fighting it. And then, even though you don't love it, even though it is hard, and even though you feel like you don't have time for it, you start to need it. So in one of the up-and-coming podcasts, we're going to be talking specifically about the exercises that people do and don't do on my program uh, that you can use. And I'll, I'll, I'll specifically share with you the ones that benefit people when they're trying to lose weight, and then the ones are awful when people are trying to lose weight. And let me tell you what, odds are you're doing one of the ones that is actually slowing down your weight loss progress. So I'll share those with you. We're out of time on this one. But until we do that, what I would recommend is that start walking, start doing something, start being active consistently. We'll deal with the details of that later. And most importantly right now, stop trying to make exercise or think that exercise is something that's going to necessarily be fun or something that you're going to love and stop thinking that you have to like it to do it. Exercise is not the fun part of your day. It's just not. I know we want it to be, but the truth is if exercise was actually too much fun, you're probably not working hard enough. People that learn to run, you never have to run to be, a, a good to be good at exercise, but people that like to run, the ones that seem like they're fanatics, like they love it, if you ask them, they'll tell you they don't really love it. They love how they feel after they do it. It's supposed to be hard. If you want to have fun, go to Disneyland. But if you want to be healthy, happy, and you want to feel good, then exercise when you don't like it and when you don't want to. Thanks for listening. Hey, by the way, we're going to be doing these podcasts all the time. We've got a bunch more coming, lots to cover. So I encourage you, subscribe to the podcast, and I would love to hear any comments. And tell your friends. Send them a link. This is your chance to take care of yourself and inspire the people that you care about. Thanks again for listening.